Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Welcome to Recovering God's Miracles on Spirit-Filled Radio. On this show, we talk about breaking the chains of addictive behaviors and receiving the healing power of Jesus in restoring you to an abundant life. Get ready for some inspiring testimonies of those who have found themselves in some very dark places, but then to a point of recovery through Christ. Hola! Welcome to Recovering God's Miracles, division of Spirit-Filled Radio. My name is Andrew O'Keefe, and I'm an addict, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode, which we're going to call Brother Mike, because my brother Mike in the spirit is on, and he's a brother to everybody, and he's even been referred to as a dad and a grandpa to everyone, which is fine, so we'll take it, but he is definitely a brother first to me and many, many of us. And I've asked Mike to join us today. He's in recovery. He's a recovering guy. He was instrumental in my recovery, as was his brother, Al, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But as we start every every session, every episode, I like to open up with the serenity prayer, which is a great prayer in recovery. Uh, but it was actually founded 10 years after the people in recovery wrote the book, However, uh, it works everywhere for everybody, and like many of the principles in the recovery process, they work everywhere for everybody. But the serenity prayer is a foundational principle of recovery, and I'm going to uh, say it, I'm going to walk through it, and then as I introduce Mike here shortly, we'd like to get his thoughts on it, because he's been living in that prayer a long time. So please join me uh, in the serenity prayer. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things that cannot change. I can't change I can't change the truth, and I can't change anyone else. The courage to change the things I can. I can change me. I can change my thoughts, my attitudes, my opinions, and especially my behaviors. So I do have control to change me. And, Lord, please grant me that wisdom to know the difference. And I got the further explanation about five years ago from Father Tom Weston, who really explained the serenity prayer to me. And for guys like me and like Mike that are addicts, it's been a lifesaver for us. And we just we say it probably 10 or 20 times a day. I keep getting reminded of that. So so what's an addict? Why are we talking on spirit filled radio division of spirit filled hearts? Why are we talking about recovery and addiction and well well basically everybody i know has an addiction story and mike does and he'll share a couple of those with us here shortly but jeff foxworthy asked the question if one's too many and a thousand enough you just may be an addict and in my case that's it and in most folks 
in recovery and addiction, that, that's it. Another good, tremendous writer on recovery and addiction is Father Richard Rohr, who wrote in his book, Breathing Underwater, we are all addicted in some way. When we learn to identify our addiction, embrace our brokenness, and surrender to God, we learn to breathe healing into ourselves and into our world. And a good friend of ours, the founder and president of Spiritual Hearts, Stephen Greco, talks about the Catholic definition of miracles is God's spiritual and supernatural intervention in our lives. There is a close relationship between forgiveness, healing, and miracles. And the title title of our program is Recovering God's Miracles. And by golly, there's plenty of them out there. So the vision and the mission of, of our program is to bring our listeners closer to God's miracle, specifically as they relate to addiction and recovery issues they're going through, personal addiction and the addiction of loved ones. So they people we can deal with those people more effectively. And we try to tie it all together whenever we can with scripture. And which calls to mind James 2, 18 is, show me your faith without your deeds and I'll show you my deeds. Say, even we, even God believes in these deeds, and the devils believe in God, and they shudder. So basically, faith without deeds is useless. So a big part of what Mike does is he shows his faith by many of the deeds that he performs and the service he is to many people. So, Mike, uh, I'm finally going to come around and, and um, have you join us. So, Mike, talk to us a little bit about the serenity prayer, how that's worked in your life. What's your story? What was it like in the old days when you were in your addiction? So a, a miracle happened. If you could share that with us, that'd be great. And then what's life? What kind of miracles are you living today? Well, thanks. Incidentally, I was at that same lecture that Bill was talking about with Father Tom Weston. Uh, heard him go through the serenity prayer the same way. And uh you know, it's not the first I heard of this serenity prayer, but it's it was a very compellingly description of it, a compelling description of it. It was very, very helpful. And But anyway, to start with my story, I, I came from a family of nine, nine kids. And uh, when I was 13 and on my older brother's 15th birthday, our dad died suddenly of a heart attack. He was 38. And my mother was the 35-year-old widow, and there were nine of us. And, uh, you know, it was it was really rough. And uh, I became very reclusive. You know, I, I just couldn't tolerate the pain of it, and I became really reclusive. Even though I went to school, did well in school, did really well in school, and went into a profession, had my own own profession, you know, and my own practice, and I was doing well, really well. And, but unfortunately, I had something missing in me, and that um, I, got, I got introduced to alcohol, and, you know, I gradually took a little bit more and a little bit more, and then, you know, I, I just simply had to have it. And, um, and shortly, shortly after I started that path, I said, this is, this is not working for me. I got I to gotta quit this stuff. And so I would say, 
come my birthday, I won't, I will quit. Uh, come Christmas, I'll quit New Year's, you know, various and sundry events. And always I, I couldn't quit. And I continued. And, uh, you know, I was a regular church goer, but that was not saving me. And I, I knew I was in real deep trouble. I was seeing all kinds of doctors, and uh, they, they were puzzled by everything about it, uh, everything about my condition. And anyway, I finally, you know, had a liver biopsy done, and the doctor told me I had to quit drinking or I'd lose my liver. And I, I managed the next day not to have anything to drink. And the day after, and the day after, and I was a daily drinker. So this is big news to get. But on the fourth day, I had to go to the hospital. And when I got home, I promptly had a withdrawal seizure, which is a dangerous event. And um, uh, people die from it. And regularly, a, a, a pretty significant percentage. But I came to, and now, I, and I was in the hospital, and I came to, and I had now six days of not drinking. And I thought, you know, I'd finally done it. And, you know, then I got seven days, then two weeks, and, you know, 35 days, et cetera. You know, and, and I was being really smug, really thinking that I had found the solution, but I wasn't sure of it. And it took a while, I mean, several months, before I realized that something uh, – greater than me allowed me not to drink anymore because on my own with all this stuff that I had going for me, I couldn't make it happen, you know, but, it, but all of a sudden it was happening. And I realized that there, there must be a power greater than me at work at this. Although I, I hesitated to give it the appellation of God or, or, you know, Supreme being or anything like that, but something was working. And uh, I started going to some lectures and uh, heard all kinds of good things there. And, you know, they reinforced the idea that there's something that I was feeling happy was, in fact, available. And, and, you know, it wasn't anything to be ashamed of or try to hide or anything like that. It's something to be proud of. And, and you know, from the time of my seizure until now, I haven't had a drink at all, nothing. So that power is really working very, very well. And, you know, uh, in, in those lectures, I got introduced to praying, you know, uh, in a different way than I ever did by, because my prayer was usually just going to church on Sunday, you know, and meditation, which is huge for me. And I really, through those prayer and meditation, got in touch with that power that, that kept me away from the drink. Right. And I have become a real, really sold on, on those two combinations. Right. You know, and, uh, and, and I treasure them and I practice them every single day. Right. You know, uh, in the morning and during the day. And, you know, the serenity prayer is so well crafted. It is just so right on. And, and, you know, if you think about it, if you just reflect on it, just slow your breath down and reflect on it. What it does is it takes away just a tremendous amount of tension. The things I cannot change, <laughs> except, <Right. laughs> you know, it, it's just uh, in the world today with 
seven and a half billion people, there's a lot of things I can't change. Right, know? most, most, yeah. <laughs> right. And, um, but I don't have to get ridiculously worked up over it either. You know, right. that's uh, what I can do, I can do. What I can't do, I can't do. So let it go. In fact, I even came up with my own version of the serenity prayer. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I don't use it. I use the regular one most of the time. But I say, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to accept the things I can't change. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Start start all over again. Yeah, it all comes yeah, down to this. You know. serenity, courage, and wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, good call, Mike. Uh, thank you, folks, uh, for joining today on Recovering God's Miracles Division of Spirit Filled Radio. We're listening to Brother Mike talk about the Serenity Prayer. Like I said, I went to a lot of lectures and mm-hmm. uh, learned a lot, you know, and more than learned, I felt a lot better. You know, I mean, this, right. this is soul, soul healing, not just brain healing. Right. In fact, it's really more soul healing than brain healing. Right. And, you know, at, at those lectures, you know, we were encouraged to help other people. And I have done that. And uh, amazingly, you know, and, and I've always been kind of a reclusive person. But amazingly, the more I help somebody else, the more I get helped. Right. You know, I, uh, even as much praying and meditating that I do, helping others makes me feel better, makes me feel calmer. I don't know. All the, all the good qualities I seek come from this sort of thing. And uh, it's something that I hope to continue as long as I live here. Right. And, it's uh, such it's such a go ahead, Mike. Such a good fallback. Go ahead. Yeah. Well that's that's really really it. It's uh, a question of do it, you know. And uh, for me, do it means prayer. Do it means meditation and do it means helping other people. Yeah. Getting out and, of our uh, and the person who gets help the most is me. Right. It's like it's like when we're in our own heads, get out of our head and go help somebody. Be- because when we're thinking of ourselves too much, we begin thinking too much of ourselves. Yeah. And and, and that's not what it's all about. It's about others. That's God's 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 not going to ask us what we did for ourselves. He's going to say, "What did you do for others?" Yeah. Well, that's it. You know. I mean, if if you got a gift. You got to share it, you know, and that, and that's really what helping others is all about. It's it, you know, it's not a you, you know in the old western stories, somebody would uh, get in a box canyon, and they couldn't escape the bad guys there because they, there's no way out, right. you know. And so it isn't just about me in a box canyon. It's it's me. Right. Yeah, you don't have to live at Lonesome Dove all the time, right? You can fly no. away. You can no. give it away. You can give it away to keep it. So uh, <laughs> my first exposure to Mike's family was his beautiful daughter, who I was honored to coach when she was in job career search 15 years ago. And I knew she wouldn't be on uh, the job market long. And uh, she did. She wasn't. She nailed a really good job and had a wonderful career. And then a few years later, when I was boxed into the canyon, as Michael says, Mike's brother grabbed me and pulled me out and he goes, Hey Bill, uh, keep coming back, man. Uh, you know, so he said, you don't have to live in your addiction and, you know, change a few other things in your life. And he was right. So we talked about getting out of ourselves and helping each other and service. So Mike, share with us some of the service work you've seen, you've participated in, 
you've seen other folks do and some of the miracles that they've seen through their service work? Well, there's always the one-to-one meeting with somebody who is seeking the same path. And I do that over and over again. Yeah. But there's also, you know, I served on the board of directors of some charitable outfits. Uh, and uh, that was itself really rewarding, even though the people there were perhaps even further along the line of, you know, than I was. But we still, I still had a way to contribute. But really, it's uh, the, the primary thing is the one-to-one relationship with another person. Right. The other part of this, we, we, we have a one-two punch combination. One, the person in recovery, and two, the person who loves somebody in recovery. And I know Michael has good uh, involvement in many areas. So talk a little bit about how do we help others by helping ourselves when they're dealing with their addiction? Well, number one is to make yourself attractive. And I think uh, the serenity and whatever that, I mean, I was so tense and tight and always so wound up when I was in, in, in my drinking days. And that tension is gone. I mean, it hasn't disappeared, but it's not, a, it's not the central focus of my life. And when it happens, I've got those tools like the serenity prayer to back away from being too caught up in a given situation and just do my part and right. let my part be sufficient. You know? Right. I think uh, when we talked about scripture in our different programs and episodes and James 2.18 says, show me your faith without your deeds and I'll show you my deeds. He said, you believe there is God. Even demons believe there is God and they shudder. So faith is one thing, but getting up off the deck or off the couch or picking up a phone and reaching out to people is what it's all about. So, um, yeah, faith that works is dead. Exactly (laughs) right. It never resurrects. Uh, So Michael has this big, fabulous family, and uh, seldom do we ever go past anywhere where we don't talk about this guy named George, the newest George in the family, (laughs) and what a blessing, what a miracle he is. So, Mike, would you share that story for us? Uh, You are listening to Recovering God's Miracles, Division of Spirit-Filled Radio. George is my grandson. I have two granddaughters and one grandson, and George is... Ah, he's all boy. He's four years old and he's high energy and he uh, has his own way of going about things. Like he tried to climb out of the bathroom and uh, managed to scale the wall in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my daughter caught him. Right. We were on a family vacation. Well, not a vacation. It was a party for one of my granddaughter's birthday and there's a motorhome there and some of the older kids figured out that they could climb over the ladder in the back and you know they got caught and they were just given one piece of a jug after another by the dad what do you think <laughs> right right and george yeah. looks at all this here's all the stuff they're saying says how did you do that <laughs> yeah that's right you'll find out buddy I mean, he has a heart of gold, though. Yeah, it's, it's, a neat uh, kid. Neat family, Mike. And <laughs> the, the fact that you've been in recovery uh, 27 years is huge, and your family's grown up with that. 
and your your kids and grandkids will uh, probably never see you in your addiction anymore. So well, I certainly hope not. No, not today. Anyway, we don't have it. You mm-hmm. don't have any plans for a toddy this afternoon at happy hour, do you? No, I don't. I don't. But I want more to likely sh- to have a nap. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, that's toddy time for us now. I I agree. I'll meet you there. But <laughs> something uh, I have found something that I'm sure Mike can talk to as well is I have what's called God box and. For women, it's a jewelry box or a little box that their mom or grandma might have given them at some time. But for men, it's usually a cigar box or something along those lines. Mine's a cigar box, but I put people in there that I love that are in an addiction somehow that I've come to the conclusion I can't cajole or beg them or talk them into changing their behavior. However, God can. And the, the majority, overwhelming majority of people who get into recovery have a spiritual awakening, which is uh, very different. It's impossible to miss. It's just like a lightning bolt. So oftentimes I used to say, well, I've tried everything else. I'll pray for them. I've decided to reverse that and start praying for people that I love and people that are in re- that need to be in recovery, but not had their spiritual awakening yet. And uh, it seems to be working a whole lot better than me telling them what to do. So, Mike, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience it's, it's in praying for other people and turning them over to God. Yeah. Well, I actually have three God boxes, one at work and one at my house. The same people are in both of them for the most part. But then I also met a guy who crafted a, a, a god box and it's really thin wood so i i don't use it but i display it up on top of my bookshelf it's really neat but it, it's it's part of that serenity prayer you know the things i cannot change but you still are concerned about it right. and the way to do, deal with that is write their name on a slip of paper date it and you know you may even say what your what your concern is you know like I have a brother with Parkinson's, and that's a brutal disease. But, uh, you know, the doctors can't cure it. Certainly I cannot. But I can have human emotions about it that are healthy. Right. And in fact, what I do is I go over to my brother's house most Saturdays and spend an hour or so. And uh, it's difficult because he even has a hard time getting up, not, up out of a chair and even sitting down in a chair. And his talk is horrible. You know, it sounds like he's got a mouthful of marbles and he mumbles. So it's really difficult to understand him. But he still needs company. And uh, and as it turns out, so do I. You know, I need that same company with the same person. Right. Because That's I feel better about myself because of what I do, the commitment that I make. It's a beautiful, so, it's a beautiful thing, Mike. I really appreciate you joining us today on Recovering God's Miracles. Spiritfield Heart Radio, and if you have a couple of closing comments, I thought I'd read the St. Francis, Francis Prayer for Peace, but any kind of summation comments that you'd like to share before we leave? Well, in my story, I couldn't do it by myself, but it happened for me, and for, it took me a little while to realize how and why it happened, but when I, when I did realize that it, it opened up a course of action that I had to take or should take, and I did take it. And that's made it even better. Right. And, uh, you know, helping others, being on those uh, boards of directors and stuff like that. And uh, perfect. Just being available. 
Yeah, totally. Being service and giving your time. Thank you, Michael. Uh, God bless you, my friend. I really appreciate your sharing and appreciate also what you do every day for the people in recovery and the people who love those in recovery. And um, unless you had any final words, I thought I'd read the St. Francis prayer for peace. I'm waiting to hear it. Okay, buddy, here we go. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is offense, let me bring pardon. Where there is discord, let me bring union. Where there is error, let me bring truth. Where there is doubt, let me bring faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring your light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. O Master, let me not seek as you to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, and to to be loved as to love. For it is giving that one receives, it is in self-forgetting that one finds, it is in parting that one is pardoned, and it is dying that one is raised to eternal life. So thank you, my friend, Michael. God bless you, my friend. Hello to your lovely bride, Kathy, and your your family. And thank you, Mike. God bless you, my friend. listening to Recovering God's Miracles on Spirit-Filled Radio. For more resources, come find us at spiritfilledmedia.org. That's spiritfilledmedia.org. Words of inspiration from Deacon Steve Greco, the founder and president of Spirit-Filled Radio. Some theologians believe that you will be asked one question when you get to heaven. The one question is, who did you bring with you? Who did you bring with you? For more, come find us at spiritfilledmedia.org. That's spiritfilledmedia.org. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.